0: On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt's system crashes more times than the Falcon's hyperdrive has failed, but the dudes press through as they discuss things to do during the lockdown, as well as the galaxy's latest Star Wars news and rumors, which included the reveal of a few High Republic Jedi characters and a breakdown of the latest episode of The Clone Wars. They also riff on a few Kenobi stories, including its new writer and delay. Finally, after the 50th restart, the guys rap with the Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week, plus one. Cue the music, please. Ooh, speak to me. Speak to me, <laughs> Force. Let's go. Welcome back to week four, that's right, count them, one, two, three, four weeks of the Star Wars Time Show COVID-19 Lockdown Cast. It's Matt, it's Nick, we're back, we're still locked down, and at least one of us is getting stir-crazy at this point in time, and that is me. That's right, folks, we don't have to start with a therapy session for Nick this week. Um, Things still aren't progressing the way he would like in life. (laughs) No. <laughs> but the force threw him a few assists at the end of last week to where he was able to not want to jump in front of a moving train. So that is good news. Nick is – he even sounds much more positive this week. I myself don't feel like throwing myself in front of a train after talking to him for 10 minutes before we went live. So it's not perfect, right, Nick? Like you're not – you know, uh, you're always going to be more positive than me, but I do think you feel a little bit better this week yeah. than you did last week.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically some of the uncertainty around whether I'm going to be able to, uh, Have a house. my house and <laughs> not be you know, homeless. Yeah. Just not, not be a complete degenerate and my, at least my, you know, temporary job situation for now. So I know that, I mean, at least as of right now, this very second, We're closing on our house on the 9th. We have movers scheduled for the 11th. and So by this time next week, I know I've said this before, by this time next week, Nick should be doing the Star Wars Time show from his brand-new abode, his brand-new home. You know what that means?
0: Once Nick has his, his SWTS HQ set up in his home like I do, we're going to start thinking about and possibly pursuing a different type of, of broadcast meaning we're either going to record ourselves live a little interaction while we still do the show you know maybe bring fans in that type of shit we got to figure out the logistics or at least have a a different video presentation once he gets more of a a setup slash studio and has some shit behind them this that and the other thing so I, i've been i've been researching it nick i know it's yeah. kind of been my angle just based on some of the feedback we've got. But Nick's always said, once he gets in the house, we'll, we'll start thinking about possibly either uh, doing a live version of the show, meaning as what we're doing now, you would actually be witnessing if you wanted to versus listening to it later, uh, potentially on like YouTube Live, something like that. But like I said, a lot of shit to figure out, some of the tech I got to iron out. There's shit out there. There's guides. But honestly, at this point in my life, especially when it comes to technology, I don't fucking feel like reading about it anymore. I'm doing it. Tough, I just want right? to start paying people to do it for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would be easy enough to do if if we were in the same area, like if we were in the same room. But considering we're in different states and we have we're basically feeding in two video feeds yeah, into I mean, one it, live. Stream.
0: You're, you're 100% right. And, and YouTube via Google. I mean, the, the documentation's out there. It'd probably takes some OBS trickery, this, that, and the other thing. And, and I know it's something I could figure out. I mean, how I am a – I mean, tech is my life. I teach it. I used to work in it. But I think other people that have lived in IT, Nick, I don't know if that's true for you, but when you kind of live in it and you work in it and you're around it all the time, the last fucking thing you want to do – is troubleshoot the shit in your own home for yourself oh, yeah. or for your family members. It's like oh, yeah. when the internet goes out in my house, I basically want to stab an ice pick into my eye.
1: Yeah, I don't want to have to deal with that or anything related to my my you know actual job that I get paid to do when I'm at home. So, yeah, so I, I, I guess what just, we're
0: saying, anyone out there that likes doing this shit for free or knows how to do it, We'll add you on the goddamn Star Wars Time Show team. You, you can yeah. become intern too. Just you know, help us out with this type
1: of shit. You, you can you can be the the Jamie as Joe Rogan has on his podcast. You can be the the IT director. Or yeah, whatever, whatever that mean. is.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it just I want that soundboard like I've talked before, and I want Nick and I to be able to do some sort of live show, not necessarily with call-ins because I don't want you idiots calling in. Yeah. Uh, but more, you know, maybe you could, like, have, like, a live chat. There'd be, like, questions popping up. Nick and I could possibly riff on that during the, 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 the top five segment or whatever. I think it'd be fun. I'm not promising it's going to happen anytime soon. You have to understand we are the Star Wars time show. We are the land of broken promises, right? <laughs> That's all we do. Our, our mantra in 2020 was to have an interview every month. Guess what? We've already fucked that up. So, <laughs> That's just kind of how we roll. We have big ideas. We just don't have ways to execute them because we're assholes. Yeah. Uh, But as you heard, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about these days in Star Wars land, and that's because comics have been put on hold. For those of you that can't get physical copies, so us digital. So there is the first failure of Matt's mic. Don't worry, there are more. And we're back due to technical difficulties. Yes, some COVID-19 just ate my microphone. I don't know what the fuck happened. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. But as we were talking about, we're kind of talking about how there is a it seems like this week, week four of the lockdown, Nick, is where most news that we'd be getting on on Star Wars productions, comics, movies, this, that, and the other thing has kind of dried up a bit. So uh, before we get into those topics you heard that dumbass announcer discuss, we just wanted to kind of riff on a few things we've been doing in lockdown, maybe give you some ideas or or thoughts on things to avoid in terms of new series to stream, movies to check out, games to play, and like I said, shit that you should avoid like COVID-19. <laughs> uh so one to me, Nick, I, I think the greatest thing or the greatest series I have found so far during lockdown, and this one was uh, shared to me by the stunt buddy. Okay. But, but apparently, this the show started on Sci-Fi. It's called Happy.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I've, I've, I actually read that graphic novel. Um, I haven't watched the series yet, but I have heard of it.
0: Okay, so this is actually based on something?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's based off a graphic novel that I... Like, I actually actually read that, like, four or five years ago. I was, like, at a friend's house, and he, he had it. And he was like, you should just read this. It's, it was pretty short, and I don't know if I only read a specific section of it or if I read the whole thing, but it was pretty short. I read the whole thing, I was like, holy shit, this was actually pretty good. It's about this, like, blue fucking... Like animal that this psycho guy can see in his head and yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> this this could be the greatest TV series of all time. Okay. And and I've I, I was unaware of it, blissfully unaware of it. Uh, like my my buddy's like, dude, just just check out Happy second season hit Netflix. But apparently this is a sci-fi show, and I'm just like, holy shit! Like th- they put this on sci-fi. Like that's how fucking over the top vulgar violent it is i mean think the boys yeah but possibly even more over the top in terms of the comedy like it's it's a very dark <laughs> dark comedy but it is it's right so you got this guy nick Sachs. he's the the lead character he's a a former new york detective but now he's kind of shady he's kind of a hitman uh, you know, something happens, mm-hmm. and he's able to see this little blue donkey unicorn-looking thing called Happy. Yep. And Happy is telling him that he needs to go save this little girl, who we eventually find out there's some ties between everybody. But I, I'm just in the first season now. I think I'm through the five of eight episodes. And, and Nick, I'm telling you right, it, it is some of the most demented, <laughs> fucked-up shit I've ever seen, but it is hilarious yeah it is entertaining and it is overly violent i mean it's just it's everything a fucked up person like me could want in a tv series
1: yeah I, it's from having read the graphic novel it doesn't surprise me that that's the direction it went because it was like when i was reading and i was like what the fuck is going on here so it's not surprising that they went that direction with the TV show. In, in the show, who's the main guy? Like, is it like a noticeable actor? Like, oh yeah, it's Christopher one? Maloney. Okay, I thought it Casey was
0: Casey Jones, Law and Order. I mean, yeah, I love that guy. I've I've loved that guy since he was Casey Jones in the original T M N T. Yeah, so okay, I he's thought it perfect. Was like the, the way the guy acts, the character is just fuck it. Like he nails the humor. He nails the uh, the the physical aspect. He just looks like a mess of a human. I mean, like the Episode five, he was talking to his ex-wife and then like these axe murders come in and they have an axe fight like this is the (laughs) the type of show and action and gore I'm talking about like it is the, the opening minute is all you need to watch to go like, okay, this shit is far out, fucked up. And right up my alley.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that I would enjoy.
0: So uh, there's two seasons now on Netflix. I'm assuming like it's one of those shows where once the season airs on this network, it then shows up on Netflix. So you don't have to watch commercials or whatnot. But uh, I believe at this point in time, you have at least 16 episodes to watch. I'm five deep and it has been well, well, well worth my time.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a good call. I mean, for, for me, We haven't really started watching any new series yet. Taylor's not a huge fan of TV and, you know, movies or anything like that. So
0: so so you're on a you're on a screen time limitation like a child, Nick? Not necessarily. (laughs) It's Nick's like in the corner. Can I please have the iPad?
1: (laughs) It's just that, you know, we're she's just not as excited to watch to watch like TV or new content as I would be. So like we're we started re-watching a series that she likes called Skins. It's like a, uh, a BBC, like uh, kind of like a college drama slash comedy. Uh, started watching that. Um, she's a fan. I had never seen it. Uh, we're re-watching 30 Rocks slowly because that's one of the TV shows that she actually enjoyed when we watched it um i which what uh streamers that
0: on because that's a show i never watched and uh, recently i've been going back and watching old sitcoms i skipped like parks and rec and office so what, 30 uh,
1: 30 rocks on hulu okay so you can get the full gamut yeah because i, I want to i
0: do want to check that out and i've heard the good place is supposed to be pre- good Place
1: is, is actually really really good uh, and that's yeah. on netflix that's so they have yeah they have most of it on netflix except for the last season um the last season i think is still in play like it's still live maybe but yeah that's well worth watching and it's only four or five seasons so it's not that many um so we're watching that i mean we watch movies every now and then so we did we watched the live action aladdin movie uh not not that bad it is it's pretty good it's It's really not
0: that bad like when you hear that guy richie was the guy that made it and you're like what yeah, you know, I saw I, that. I, I love Guy Ritchie, like uh, the gentleman. That'll, that's another recommendation. It, it's it released early. You can buy for I think fourteen ninety nine or whatever. Fantastic vintage Guy Ritchie, like Snatch or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels type of shit.
1: Yeah, but Aladdin isn't isn't bad. <laughs> it yeah. Really isn't. I mean, we had seen the live action Lion King, which I know is just like an updated. It's not live action because it's not real lions. Right, right, right. But Taylor was not a fan of that because she was just like, oh, well, you know, it's it's just the same thing. It's just not it's not like Disney animation. It's like this new, you know, CGI, realistic animation. She wasn't a huge fan. I thought it was good. I was like, you know what? It, It introduces kids to that story in a in an interesting way. So but she was all she was like into the new Aladdin. And so was I. Because in that movie, there was significant updates to the character of Jasmine. Like, they they portray Jasmine in a different way than they did in the cartoons. And that was pretty cool. I like um, some of
0: the music, too. Like, I know some yeah. of it was was faithful, but they, they twisted some of it up. But hey, in the end, Will Smith looked a little fucked up as a blue genie, but I also thought he was a good genie over. Yeah,
1: I like how they, they let him have... They, they let him inject his own personality into it. They didn't basically make him play Robin Williams. Right, right. So that was a good move. Um, and then other than that, I mean, the problem right now with us is that because we thought we were moving so long ago. Oh, yeah. You like, probably
0: canceled <laughs> shit or have shit packed up. More
1: than half of our shit is packed. So, like, I would be taking time to, like, show Taylor Firefly. That's, like, one of my favorite TV series. But it's packed, like, my Blu-rays are packed up in a box, and I don't want to, like, go and rip through shit just to get it out when I yeah. know we're moving in five days. Um, you know, th- there's book like, I could have continued reading the Thrawn books, but those are packed up. I have the Resistance Reborn book. That's packed up. My visual dictionary for Tross is packed up. So, like, basically, here's here's what our living situation is now. We ordered a king-size mattress to be delivered to the house, when we were moving in the last time. Well, we had to switch that up. So now we have, we're have we sleeping on a king-size mattress on the floor of our bedroom, and we have our regular queen-size mattress and full bed set. Like, our queen-size mattress is laid up against the wall in our bedroom. Our, be- our box spring for that is literally wedged into the hallway of this apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah. You
0: guys are, like, full-on <laughs> dorm living at this point. Yeah, you're, dude, you're like, dorms on move-in day.
1: Yeah, like half, like more than half of my clothes are packed up. So if I wear underwear for four days in a row, I have to wash clothes. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Like. So Nick, Nick has a very itchy asshole right now, is what he's trying to yeah. say.
1: And, and just, just to like kick myself in the nuts even farther. Like, yeah, things have turned around in terms of like I know that you know, uh, my current job situation is not going to affect us getting into the house. So we're still going to be able to move in. I have a contract signed to do some 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 work for, uh, you know, clients doing some some advertising for them. It's not making nearly as much money as I was at my previous job, but at least it's something it's some income over this period of time. So that's good. But so what was really the kick in the balls was so, you know, Taylor and I are laying on the couch where it was like right after we had woken up. And I was throwing a ball with my puppy like she was, you know, just throwing a ball around. So one time I like picked it up with my left hand and I threw it and it's like a light ball. It's not a heavy, meaty ball. I threw it with my left hand and it hit Those hits. are my ba-
0: That's how people describe my balls. Yeah. Heavy, very light, meaty. very
1: airy, easy heavy to manage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I threw the ball and it hits my 55 inch Samsung TV. And the TV is off. And I was like, oh, it's no big deal. It's a super, like, literally oh, the dude, ball Oh, dude, you didn't is, tell me
0: this. What the fuck
1: did you yeah, do? Yeah, I know. I didn't tell you this. The ball is hollow. Like, it's it's literally, yeah. like... It looks like one of those lattice balls that you can, like, open and shut with your hands. Yeah. So I just... T- like, I didn't even throw it hard. I just, like, tossed it with my left hand. It hits the top corner of the TV. I'm like, oh, no big deal. Like, it didn't even make that big of a sound. So probably an hour or two later, I turned the TV on... The whole screen is cracked. The no! whole motherfucker is cracked. Are you kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. So my 55 inch Samsung Smart 4K UHD HDR TV is busted. And you you just got that recently, right? Less than a year ago. Oh, or like no. So I call. So you're, you're
0: fucked either way, unless you did like the Best Buy oh and black I, you know tie I bullshit or whatever.
1: You know I didn't do that. So oh, I called no. a repair shop. And I told him, I was like, hey, the screen is... And apparently, they're still open. I don't know how these fucking TV... Oh, it's, it's
0: essential, are. man. We need our fucking TVs. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I ca- I called them and I was like, hey, you know, I was wondering if you guys are still open or are y'all still doing repairs? And he's like, yep, we're open. What do you got? I was like, okay, so I have a 55-inch Samsung TV and the screen is cracked. It's broken. Like, it's still... Like, the TV still comes on. But the basically, the entire right side of the TV, the, the top right quadrant is you can't it's completely not visible and then the there's lines going across the whole tv he's like look i'm gonna he's like i'm gonna be honest with you fixing a screen on a on a tv like that costs two-thirds of the value of the tv yeah you might as well just buy a new one so that's what he's like he's like look we could we could fix it but i'll tell you this it's a 35 five dollar diagnostic fee for us to just look at it and then we have to see how much the it would cost to actually repair it. So I was like, you, what the fuck? Oh, so, dude. But here's oh, the deal.
0: Just as I was saying, you had a, a slightly few better days and now you dropped that bomb on.
1: me. Yeah, it. I know. It was a case of real. It's like going to, Cause
0: I've, I've destroyed a TV of mine too. Not from playing with a dog from being a fucking jerk off playing video games, and getting mad. Yeah. But, but it's, like, one of the worst feelings when you realize that you've broken something expensive.
1: Oh, dude. It was, like, for two <laughs> hours, I was just, like, I was, like, how the fuck, like, oh, it's I was, like, worst, I looked dude. at this ball, and I'm, like, I could literally take this ball and just crush it in my hands if yeah. I wanted to. Oh, my and God. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And, like, that uh, thing hit a TV and broke it. So. Yo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty is not your year. It's dude.
1: not. It's a. It, this year is a motherfucker. Yeah, anyway. we we
0: need to get Nick on the twenty twenty one because that type of shit only happens to people that are cursed at this yeah. point. <laughs> That's like. So. Oh hey um, Nick, you don't have a job. You're not getting in your house, and here's the final kick in the <laughs> dick. Your fucking TV's broken now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So luckily. We already had a t- Well, I had a TV, like an older, like this is like a 2015, like 4K. Oh, you poor bastard. That's TV.
0: like going all the way back to CRT monitors.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It was like the first version of 4K TVs that came out from Vizio that didn't have HDR. So I had that. It's a 50 inch. It was just sitting in the bedroom, wasn't plugged in. So luckily I had that to just replace the current TV with. And we had already bought... A, we have like a nice Samsung frame TV that Taylor wanted to go into the house. So we have TVs to move into the house with. Um, so it's not a big deal. So I replaced the TV. I'm going to junk the old. I'm just going to fucking throw the Samsung one away because it's fucked. Um, and I went online and I you know, ordered, if you
0: do that, record a video of you like going outside and at least teeing off on it with like a fucking
1: sledgehammer
0: or light it on fire.
1: <laughs> I mean, so I might have to do that or just <laughs> stro-
0: like at least have Taylor or something, throw it out the window while you record it or some shit. <laughs> I don't know if you're like on the third floor, second floor or first, but just, you, you gotta like, you-, you gotta, you know, somehow get even with the TV is what I'm saying. I know it's even it's- though it was your fault. Now it's the TV's fault for yeah. making you pissed off. So you need to fuck that TV up.
1: I might have to do that. Cause, don't don't man. let a
0: trash picker get that TV and, and repair is what I'm saying. Fucking destroy that thing. Yeah. So It'll be good for you. I, I no, think you need yeah, I, I more I moments eat. like me where you just kind of exercise your demons. And just yeah, fucking just. yell and scream and throw little bitch-ass action <laughs> figures against concrete walls. <laughs> it's good
1: for you, man. It I'm might be. <laughs> I might need to do that.
0: Oh boy, well, I mean, I, I, I did envision this segment to be positive and things you could do, but <laughs> Nick, man, he's just like he lives lives in darkness these days. Uh, a few other recommendations, and I promise you we will get onto some Star Wars stuff. but Picard, uh, you can watch the whole series for free right now on CBS All Access. I highly recommend it. They have a code. It's just I think it's literally just called free. Uh, If you use it before April 23rd, you get one month free, which basically means, oh, yeah, I'm going to sign up. But then you just cancel so you can watch the whole first season of Picard for free right now, as long as you uh, take advantage before April 23rd. And the series has been just excellent. A little more adult Star Trek, I guess. You know, some decapitations, some uh, TVMA type of violence. So I've been digging that. Westworld's been great. Season three. Uh, New movies, Onward, I highly recommend for anyone, especially someone that had a parent die when they were young. Not that that was me, but I know other people out there that have that situation. Trust me, it'll kick you in the balls. And uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is a good movie. Don't let the wonky first CGI Sonic uh, dissuade you from checking that out. It's actually a pretty good movie. Jim Carrey is an all-star. Bad movies, Nick? Don't buy Bloodshot.
1: I heard that that was probably not good. It is, <laughs>
0: I and I like dumb shit, right? Like, I mean, I I, I love cinema. You know, give me a, a vape or something. I'll watch whatever. Bloodshot, I I I could hardly get through, and I was I think I was drunk. Everything. It's just it, it's just not good. All I remember when I first turned it on is I texted the stump buddy. I said, "Whose dick did Vin Diesel suck in Hollywood all those years ago?" Because there's no reason that man should have the career that he has no reason and he told me he's like oh dude it's it's Spielberg because I mean I guess Vin like wrote starred in directing his own thing and that kind of caught the eyes of Steve and then Steve put him in uh Saving Private Ryan and there you go once you have that as a credit you're pretty much on like popcorn uh so skip that and then video games I finally bit the bullet and I know it's a waste of money I got AC New Leaf okay there we go all I've done is downloaded it, and that's why I know it's a waste <laughs> of money, because I literally paid $60 to download the game and look at its icon on my Switch screen. That's yeah. all I've done so far. I, because the last game I want to mention, coming out Friday, I had to get, had to pre-order, haven't pre-ordered a video game in over 10 years, Final Fantasy VII Remake.
1: I'm I, Yeah, I want to get in on that for sure. Like, that's something that I need to play. Yeah, um, so...
0: Uh, downloads. I think you can start downloading it now if you pre-ordered on your PS4. But I mean, that, that's kind of what I got y- for you for some COVID-19 stuff to fuck with uh, if you're looking for certain things. So Happy and Picard, Westworld in terms of TV, Onward, Sonic for movies, especially if you have kids. AC New Leaf, Final Fantasy VII remake, and Avoid Bloodshot.
1: Yeah. So for for me. <laughs> Really, I don't throw I balls at your TV. Don't, don't accidentally hit your TV with a fucking little bitty ball because it'll break it. Um, <laughs> so I was I haven't played too many video games. Unbelievable. Like I, I like I turned on my PC. I played a little bit of League of Legends with one of my friends. Um, I played some Hearthstone, the card game that Blizzard has for a little bit. You know, uh, just some basic stuff. Been playing a lot of Swago. I have a hundred and thirty thousand or hundred and thirty k JKR squad that uh, I'm doing pretty well in arena with, and you know. Oh yeah, to- I mean
0: Swago. Come on, man. Yeah, like Swago is like. I've actually I've become a a. a a senpai of, shor- of sorts for my eight-year-old nephew on the game.
1: Nice. So uh, he's like taking yeah, some Every day,
0: dude, because you know how they, I don't know if you have any younger kids, nephews, or whatever in the family, but uh, Facebook has opened up Messenger for kids. Yeah, I saw that. Which is probably dangerous as fuck, but whatever, everyone's bored. So, you know, he, he hits me up on Messenger every day now. <laughs> Almost got phasma. Working on this guy. Working on this guy. I'm like, hey man, you got to start focusing, right? You got to focus. Yeah. Yeah. Follow the journey guide. Don't don't spread yourself too thin. Yeah, you got to tell. Yeah,
1: that's the key now. Got to focus. Like,
0: uh, uh, trust me, I want to be doing this, that, and the other thing, but I've got to stay committed to my gas tunes. And I'm not talking about some sort of gut disorder. I'm talking about. General Anakin Anakin Skywalker Skywalker. and all the fuckers you need to get him. So, anyways.
1: Dude, it's like my current... So, my current farm is C-3PO because I put him off for way too long. All right, so so
0: you're fucking with Ewoks then, right?
1: Yeah, so I'm fucking with Ewoks. I got three seven stars I'm working on the last two. I have those two at six stars, so I'm, I'm getting there. And then... Other than that, I mean that that's basically my main farm. It's just Ewoks right now. My my arena rank is hovering in the in the mid seventies, uh, with you my fucking JKR squad. Cunt. <laughs> yeah. What my a shard.
0: Cunt. You're Dude. such an asshole in your weak ass shards.
1: I know. My my shard is pretty weak. So like my- I've got a
0: fairly fast Revan squad and I have to battle all five battles every day just to stay in the one hundred to two hundred payout range.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> well
0: dude, my, my whole shard, everyone is fucking full relic seven gas squads at this
1: point. Oh yeah. You are in you're in a death <laughs> you're you're in a it's death shot. <laughs> like, I can't. mean ships
0: has gotten a little bit better now that I have the uh, seven star negotiator, so I have a full fleet yeah. to bring in with Kenobi and the ETA two, but even then the uh, like a uh, negotiator mirror matches are so fucking dice rolly. Yeah. I'm I'm lucky to get top twenty and you know, just get a hundred payouts. So but I still love the fucking game, man. I mean, to say what you <laughs> will. I've been going almost five years straight now, playing it every single fucking day. I've probably spent two hundred dollars over that five years. Uh, but it's something I still look forward to. I, I still look forward to the grind, the nonsense, the gearing, the relics.
1: Yeah. I mean, for for me. I'm glad that it's there because it allows me to not like completely consume myself with something like, you know, like an online game, like playing League of Legends yeah, nonstop yeah, yeah. or some shit like that. So it's a great
0: game to start, right? Like grab a bunch of friends, all sign in now and start it at the same level and kind of work through it that way. That yeah. That's the best way to play it. When you're playing with other people, not that you ever really play live it just makes it a little more fun to you yeah. know, share information. Who you working on this, that, and the other things. So. Yeah,
1: and like, like give people updates on like you know what's working for you in certain areas. I mean, the journey guide, like you mentioned, that's that's a game changer, because that that completely changed how you farm. That completely changed how you unlock in this game. Because previously, it was like every two months or every three months, you would get like, okay, fucking. Darth Revan unlock is coming up, so I have to have everything ready by this date. Now you can just farm on your own time. You see exactly what you need, like it's all built into the game for you in a very easy way. So, so if you if you're just starting to play, now's the time because ton of content, a lot of you know a, a lot easier to to track what you need and and yeah what you need to yeah
0: trust me you're gonna come across a lot of negative people on so go because in the end people it's fucking free to play of course they're gonna build in paywalls to keep the studio up and running to keep the game going right? yeah yeah so either either just be patient and and suffer through the slog and, and get characters a year after people to pay, or you fucking pay the big bucks.
1: Yeah, you pay you pay the money, and that, then you know for that's those.
0: That's any th- F2P. So don't yeah. don't get all angry because EA has a hand in Swago. Swago is awesome. There's been yeah. so many fucking clones of it. Strike Force is a clone. Nick, I don't know if you saw. I think it came out like two or three weeks ago. There's literally a Disney character a version of Sorcerer's Arena, game, yeah, right? I saw that. It is the same fucking game, but now you collect Mickey's and Goofies and shit instead of fucking, you know, Kanans and Ezras and Haras. Yeah, it's uh, it's
1: it's a very it's a very successful game model, and Swagos the first one to do it, at least to my knowledge. I don't know of any other game to to, to,
0: to that to. It, To the level of uh, addictiveness that Swago has, yes. Uh, I mean, they uh, many people have ripped off what Capital did with Swago. And I don't know if their properties will last as long as this one's going. Like I said, I think it'll be five years this November. Uh, That's pretty long for a free-to-play kind of action RPG-ish deal.
1: Yeah, so get on that and then... Other games, I mean, KOTOR is going to be one that I probably revisit again because of all the time. I mean, I'm well into a playthrough on my PC, so it makes sense for me to finish that. And then I also started playing Assassin's Creed Origins, the one that's set in Egypt, like a couple of months ago. So I yeah, may revisit I, I've that been wanting well. to. Ch- I have that's another one in the, in the log here. So yeah, but once once Final Fantasy VII comes out, like that's definitely going to be something to to suck up some time. And apparently it is like a very, it's like a long game. It's, it's, a, you know, if, if you played the original one, you know, it's long. And if you've played final fantasy games at all, not necessarily seven, you know, that they're games that take you 50 plus oh, hours yeah. to finish.
0: Now, did they stick with their original model with this, where they is going to be kind of episodic. I don't think this? so. Okay. It's just a full deal at this point.
1: Yeah. From what I've, seen on reviews and like you know early yeah it seems like this is it's, it it's the whole shebang and it's yeah.
0: it's getting very positive very positively stroked if you will in the review circuit right
1: now yeah so um that's something I'm, i mean be- I, I i had to get that I,
0: i've i've beaten final fantasy 7 probably 10 times on Damn. 10 different platforms
1: look at that yeah but I mean, there's this- a reason for that it yeah.
0: I was 17 when that game came out, PlayStation 1, 1997. And there was nothing like it up until yeah. then. These days, you know, games like that are a dime a dozen story, uh, cinema, you know, uh, a cinematic presentation, a video game. That was all brand new like yeah. they you know they were all little polygon characters but when you know a- Eris gets taken out i mean that shit fucking leveled me as a 17 year old and i was i was much more of a meathead even back then like football yeah fucking tough guy <laughs> and that shit affected me like a video game had never affected me and from that moment on Final Fantasy 7 has been probably my favorite game in my lifetime
1: yeah yeah, I mean, it's one of the best. I mean, like, it's probably the best Final Fantasy. Oh, hands the, down. The, the, it's the first, close. The first game that really hit me like that in terms of, you know, my cat is chewing on a, a like a little cord right now for our blinds, and I want to make sure she doesn't break it. But the first one that was like that for <laughs> me, and I think it's because of our age gap. I mean, I know that we're not quite 10 years apart, but it's close.
0: Oh, in video games, it might as well be decades.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's completely, you know, that amount of time is so significant. The first one for me was 10, was Final Fantasy 10. And to me, like that one, it was right around that age that you talked about, like seventeen, like 16, 17, when I, when it came out. And then I played oh, that's it. that's the one with... Um Yuna and Titus and yeah Titus yeah all of them. I never finished that Like I, I've I've always
0: gotten almost all the way to the end, and I've just never.
1: It was just there's so much. It was the first game that like I maxed out in terms of like there's like in games they have time trackers on there and it tells you how long you played it. And like I went, I played that game for over a hundred hours. Yeah. There's so much to do in it. Like there's so much extra content. Like I know, unlike- I
0: just I, I always remember. Seven having to me the best story the whole deal with cloud Sephiroth what's real what's not Genova this that and the other thing yeah I, I, I I'll give you that I, I think ten also had an interesting one but it was fucking goofy like it was confusing as fuck like at some <laughs> points the, it does what the get fuck g- is sin what the hell is this what the fuck is that yeah
1: like you get like a really like the whole like what is sin in the beginning of the game is very confusing you're like why is this thing attacked like what is going on like all you know is that like this is a it's like a cycle it's like you know you defeat sin eventually sin comes back and you have to defeat it again and then if sin wins then the whole world ends or something like that and then you get revelations along throughout the story about who these characters are, and then at the end of it, you get this huge. I mean, oh, yeah, like- just
0: let me re- just let me read this line and uh, spoilers for a fucking decades old game. But th- this line sums up how fucking weird X is. Titus learns sin is ejected because the final aeon is dead, and a guardian close to the summoner will have to sacrifice him herself to become the faith for a new one as Jet did. Like- yeah. <laughs> That's I remember exactly. all that shit. I mean, I'd be mean, like, "What in the fuck yeah.
1: are these people talking about?" So Jectus is, is Titus's father. He never Titus never knew what happened to his dad. Yeah, now yeah, he knows the final that. Final Aeon, bro. Yeah, that that Jectus sin, and then at the end of it, again spoilers. <laughs> Titus is the one who sacrifices himself to become faith, and then he was to become like <laughs> it was. The next the, sin. it's also the first. Final Fantasy game to spawn actual sequels to it. Right, because it
0: had just X2 as well. Yeah, it had uh, X2,
1: and then it had...
0: Yuna becomes the the lead, right?
1: Yeah, Yuna's the lead. She's working with Riku, who was another character that was in X proper, and then Pain is another character who was introduced to it later on. Um, And in that journey you're you're basically, like, at the very beginning of the game, Yuna sees somebody. She's watching a, a video, a, a news story, and she sees somebody who looks exactly like Titus, but she knows that Titus sacrificed himself and he, that he became the final Aeon. Um, so she's like, oh, my God, is Titus still alive? So you're fighting through, and you're trying to find this person to see if it is Titus. And what's interesting about that game is that it's the first game within the Final Fantasy series that I'm aware of where your choices and how you play the game affects how the game ends. Ah, look at that. So if you, like, there's there's different places that you're supposed to visit over and over again, like Waka is one of the main characters and he's living out on, you know, where he's originally from. If you visit him enough times and keep that relationship up, like you learn the name of his child if you don't you never learn the name of the child and then if you if you do a good job of keeping all of the threads tied and learning the stories and everything like that at the end of it that really is titus titus is real like he's alive yeah look at you yeah and if you don't then you find out that it's somebody else it's not titus and the ending of the game is i would call it like relatively unsatisfactory Got it. <laughs> They so. really, I
0: mean, Final Fantasy, I would say from, for me, 7, seven 8, and 9 are probably the best run of Final Fantasy. I just, I, I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with the time. Exactly. Like my so, age, when it came out. Uh, but really, some of the newer stuff, I'm, I, I played the 13s. It was like, hey, whatever.
1: I see, like, I, like, for me, it was 10. And again, it's because of your age, like, you called it out. Like, that's, those, those three... That came out for you seven eight nine were like in that age range where that style of game was like what you wanted to play all the time.
0: Oh yeah, you're hundred percent. I mean, I was in college for I think when nine came out and then ten I was almost out probably or right about. Yeah. I remember nine. I just sat in my fucking room and would fucking play nine for hours, yeah. hours. Like like I couldn't even physically do it anymore. I could not gain that way anymore. There's no way. I'm talking six hours, eight hours, the whole fucking oh, yeah. Saturday gone.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Like that's like, I would spend in, in 10, I would spend hours just playing blitz ball like that to me, Blitzball is the best, like additional game inside of a game uh, for final fantasy. But for me, it was 10, 12 and 13. Those were like the three core final fantasy games that I played during that stretch of time. And, 12 was okay. It had like a really I, I just tried
0: 12 for the first time I think a year or two years ago they because they just released that Zodiac right. Age one. Exactly. And yeah. I I like it, but I just I don't know and this is my fear for remake. Let, let's be real here. I don't know if my brain can do these games anymore.
1: I know it, it requires because you're not just it's not like you're playing Doom or you're playing like some you know, 20 hour FPS, like the story is complex yes. in a lot of these. And if yes. you if you're going to follow it, you actually have to dedicate like mental space to it.
0: Yes. And I get any type of game like this, where it's like, you go this way or that way or this way or that way. I, I sit there for probably five minutes going, well, what if i go this way and i miss something that way or up oh, yeah. that way or back this way and now i just gotta look at them all it's like oh shit but now i just progress the story
1: can i go back here i know dude it's it's fucked it, that's like, what it i mean is- like
0: i don't even know if i'm gonna like final fantasy 7 remake and it's my favorite game of all time so yeah. we'll see maybe i'll report back next week on our new show final fantasy time <laughs> show
1: yes <laughs> We need to do that now. Apparently. All right, dude.
0: Well, hey, hey, my friends, hopefully <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed that. I know we haven't really talked anything Star Wars for almost an hour at this point. Nick and I, I were this. worried we wouldn't we'll have enough, enough to talk about. <laughs> but uh, clearly we figured out that issue. So let's go ahead and get into our, our Star Wars topics for this episode. And we're going to start with uh, the High Republic. So last week on StarWars.com, we actually got a few of the main characters revealed uh not gonna lie dude i don't like high republic era jedi garb i think it looks fucking stupid it's all white and gold it's it's like they're wearing sheets or towels or something it just i mean give me at least give me the robes of the 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 prequel era yeah let's go like what what is this shit
1: i mean aside from kiev Trennis, which is the like if you scroll through that yeah, let, yeah, let's with, yeah, let's just start with
0: let's just start with Avar, or Avar Chris, or whatever the yes. fuck,
1: Avar Chris. So, I'll i we'll we'll kind of like read I'll read through the character descriptions for each one, and we can kind of riff on it a little bit or what our thoughts are. So it says, Avar is the brightest, most noble example of Jedihood. She always tries to see the good in people in situations and situations that never puts herself first. She is invigorated about life on the frontier and the challenges it brings and is an inspiration for those who work with her. She is a compassionate, not dogmatic. She is compassionate, not dogmatic, and always ready to sacrifice herself over others. Avar Chris is the best of the best. So in my opinion, she sounds the most like, like Yoda here. Okay, well, I, I was not, going Yoda or Kenobi. Yeah, Kenobi probably more than Yoda, because I think there is a a more, you know, a more apt Yoda description later on in this in in these character descriptions. But yeah, Kenobi, like, you know, the best, like the 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 thing that got it was like she is the best of us. Like she's the best of the best. And yeah, and I I. I I guess I would almost
0: give that Kenobi over Yoda because on Yoda's watch, the Jedi almost got wiped out.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, there was never, in my opinion, there was never really one Jedi who was raised above the rest like it seems Avar is here in the High Republic era. There was never one, like...
0: Even their lightsabers, the hilts seem a little bit longer.
1: I think it's it's probably because they hadn't gotten to, like... The- oh,
0: shit. Wait till we get to the next guy. Look at his motherfucking shit. But you know what I mean? It's like they all share... It's like once they reach Jedi Knight, as in actual medieval knights, they get, like, a, a cloak or something. Yeah, right? exactly. like because let, they... Let's go to the next guy. So we got Avar. She's technically maybe the leader, or the, the best of the best. Then we got yeah. Stellan
1: Geos here. Yep, Stellan Geos. so but his- see
0: how... I mean, yeah, he's got a cape and a hood, but see his his Saber. smock or whatever. Yeah, is is the same design as Avar's. Yeah, it's sort almost of. like
1: the knights. If you ever seen pictures of like the Knights Templar with that red smock, exactly. On it it's have.
0: like a it's it's not a house sigil, but it sort of is.
1: Yeah, yeah, and his lightsaber is sick because it's got the cross guard on it, but not like Kylo's where it was like a vent. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's good old broadsword
0: shit. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so who's this guy, Nick? Who is Stellan uh... Geos. Stellan is an optimistic and well-respected Jedi Master. Stellan came up through the Order with Avar, all, and although they are often on different assignments for the Jedi or the Republic, when the two work together, they are a powerhouse team of two noble heroes in action. Strong in the Force and a natural leader, Stellan is currently stationed at one of the Jedi Temple outposts on the distant planet of Karagon Viner. qui
0: Matt, and Mike, fail number two. All right, and we're back from our second technical fuck up mistake. Fuck you, Garage Band. Fuck you, my mic. Fuck technology. Anyways, we were talking about the High Republic characters, right, Nick? Yes. We were talking about the dude that had the broadsword-looking sword, and I kind of made the uh, comment that he sounds kind of like a Qui Gon Jinn type.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is one of the one of the Jedi that are not. Stationed at the proper, like the temple proper, so he's a master that's still out there, like Qui Gon was. Well, Qui Gon wasn't a master, but he was one of the, you know, Qui Gon was one of the more elder Jedi that hadn't become a master because of his, you know, thoughts on things and everything like that. But he, this guy does seem pretty, you know, pretty Qui Gon like. He's, you know, still a powerhouse fighter. He's still out there. He's out in the the a distant planet outpost, so you know he's still running missions. Um, yeah, he
0: looks like he could fuck people up. Yeah,
1: he looks like a tank. Like if you were he does. If we yes, you know, exactly. we spent a lot of time talking about Final Fantasy here. If he was a Final Fantasy character, he would be your tank. So, he would be the guy that that, you know, takes all the damage and all that stuff. So, uh pretty interesting character. I like the I like the look of his saber for sure. It's a it's a completely new style, uh, with the actual cross guard on the on the saber hilt itself. So pretty pretty fucking cool. Um. Next up we have Vernestra, Raouel. Am I saying that right, Matt?
0: Sure. I like <laughs> how they just call her Vern. So yeah. I guess that's how we'll roll.
1: Yeah. So she looks like a little kid. She's like a, uh, like. A- but she still has the. The, the smock and there's
0: no braid, and I did I did see today on Leaks that people involved in this confirmed that, yes, even back at, during this era, that Padawans are still designated with a braid.
1: Okay, yeah, so... And
0: their own type of garb, so I'm guessing... I, I don't know, I haven't read her bio, so go for
1: yeah, it. Yeah, so she is not a Padawan. It says Vern is a newly minted... Okay, yeah,
0: she was Stalin's Padawan.
1: Yeah, she is a, she is a newly minted Jedi Knight. There we go. Vernestra, a Marillion... That's her race of alien or Miri Mirilon, whatever was a Padawan. I liked the. I
0: liked how you said it the first yeah, time.
1: Marillion this it's a playable race in star Wars, the old Republic. If you want to play them. uh, was a Padawan of Stellan Geos. She works hard and is devoted to the Jedi order more so than others. Her age at 16. She is one of the youngest Jedi Knights in a generation. She struggles to fit in with the adults while also setting a good example of for the younger Jedi, um, so somebody like this—I mean, we haven't—we haven't really had a, you know, an example of this character before. I mean, the closest you could get is Ahsoka, but I wouldn't say that Ahsoka is like a, you know, devoted—you know, works hard and is devoted to the Jedi Order. She was more of kind of a rebel, kind of like Anakin. Um, so this is like a, she's almost like a, like a Jedi, uh, you know. Like you know, genius or something like that to be knighted at sixteen. Yeah, I years would.
0: Old. I don't know, man. I, I I think there's some Ahsoka to her for sure because I know technically she never became a full fledged Jedi, but it it did feel like she was progressing that way. But she also she did kind of struggle to fit in with all the Jedi Knights and Masters, right? Yeah, because of because of as you said, she was. Uh, gifted, but also was under the tutelage of one Anakin Skywalker, who didn't really teach uh, in the typical fashion.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I feel like with with Vern here, it's just such a weird name, Vern. Um, that hey Vern, she's gonna be in this position to where like she's gonna be an outcast amongst like she's gonna be like disrespected by the older Jedi because she's a Knight at sixteen when usually. You know, knighthood happens much later. So she's gonna be frowned upon and it's gonna be hard for her to go out on solo missions on her own because she's fucking sixteen years old. But then also like everybody in her age, you know, in her age range and all of the the Padawans that she grew up with, they're all gonna be like she's gonna be an outcast on both sides of things. At least that's the way that I would think about it. Is there
0: she has potential to have an Anakin Skywalker headspace where he really has no peers at his level mm-hmm. uh, but he also has problems with the masters because they don't quite respect him and include him in their day-to-day
1: yeah I think that's a, that's actually a good call yeah, out. that's
0: just I'm just throwing it out there it, it, just reading that bio it d- does sound like She may not be as gifted as him, but she's clearly gifted. She's already a Jedi Knight, but she's a teenager. She doesn't fit in with the old knights, but doesn't really set good examples for the young knights. So it's like, it sounds very Anakin to me. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's a good, that's a, yeah, that's actually a really good call out for her. I didn't. I'm just,
0: at this point, Nick, I'm just waiting for the next fucking technical glitch. So this (laughs) shit's like all in my head now. And I'm just staring at my goddamn garage band <laughs> app waiting for it to shit the
1: bed. waiting for it to shut down again so let's move because I, I,
0: it's just like at this point you know i'm a master troubleshooter and there is no doubt in my mind this shit's gonna fritz again before we're done
1: yeah so let's move quickly then so the next one up <laughs> is loden great storm Fuck. this is a pretty good name loden great that's storm. a hell of a name yeah I, that, that is a
0: hell of a name i
1: like it so his character but he looks
0: constipated he
1: does he looks like he his eyes are like half shut he's got a pretty dope ass like yellow slash gold lightsaber yeah,
0: he seems too serious to me like he he could be the yoda ish I, I haven't read say. the bio though
1: yeah i was gonna say he seems like the yoda so his bio says "Loden is a twi'lek jedi master matt's into twi'leks um oh yeah and is considered to maybe be,
0: maybe not so much the male variant yeah, but, but you never know
1: he likes the he likes the the race he likes the you know the the uh you know the shock and the ahsoka's oh, yeah. and the oh, yeah. you know all of those but Um, so it says Loden is a twilight Jedi Master. is considered to be one of the best teachers in the order. So, So that's a lot like Yoda, um, strong and wise with a good sense of humor. Loden looks at every moment as a learning experience, always trying to better himself and those around him, especially his Padawans. So that's like pretty dead on to Yoda to me.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't say Yoda really got a sense of humor until he went fucking nuts and became hobo Yoda on Dagobah. Yeah. And, you know, he's fucking with Luke and R2. But, yeah, I I, I do. I, I think they kind of line up.
1: Yeah, they even They even. I mean, somewhere. fucking
0: Yoda should be around at this point in time. I know. I mean, that's you got to mention the Yoda. I'm
1: interested to see where he falls because...
0: And I, I want to see what he was wearing. Like, is he
1: whipping one of these regal-ass looking things? That would be awesome to see a tiny, tiny, like, fucking... So he got, go like, from, some
0: hair braided and shit? Yeah.
1: I want to see where he is because this is only... We, we're talking, what, 400 years before... Uh, is like where the 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 you know the High Republic era sits. Yeah, it's
0: something like that. I mean, it's well within his lifespan. Yeah, so he's
1: at this point he would be five hundred or you know around five hundred years old. So I imagine he's still a Jedi Master. Like, he is, I, but he's clearly gonna be.
0: Yeah, you would think so, considering when they're fifty and they're babies, they can lift up mud horns and. Uh, contain fire blasts, yeah. heal motherfuckers. So yeah, I, I would assume he's pretty powerful.
1: Yeah. So um, this Loden great storm seems to be the the main Jedi teacher at this time, the Jedi master who is teaching all the padawans and stuff. Similar to Yoda, he he's green too, so he's got the same Yoda color. Um, and then the last the last one up here is the only person not whipping the the regal garb. Of a, of a Jedi Knight, and that's Keeve Trennis. Um, so her little bio reads as such, Keeve is a young firebrand Jedi believed to have a great future ahead of her if only she would believe in herself. Quick-witted and more impulsive than she should be, Keeve has only been a Jedi Knight for a few weeks and is a little starstruck around Avar, knowing many of the great oh, things.
0: Little little lesbian action. Yeah, a little,
1: Well, <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Knowing many of the great things Chris has done in the past, she is determined to prove herself to Avar and the other legendary Jedi stationed on Starlight Beacon. Uh, you know, Nick,
0: I was... When I looked at her without reading the bio, I was like, this this could be the young one the, the in terms of training. And I was sort of right. It, it's almost like she didn't get rid of her Padawan braid yet. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense because, you know, it says, like, she literally has just become a Jedi Knight. Yeah. Uh, For a few weeks she looks ago. a lot like Rafa Martez, not going to lie. She
1: does. She does kind of have a rock. Like, almost like,
0: identical. Like, like, even the same fucking haircut. Yeah,
1: they literally, the half-shaved head... The like yeah. similar skin tone, even like the yeah. facial expression looks yeah. similar. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's it's fucking Rafa Martes. Yeah. So maybe uh, the, you gotta like you gotta like the bow staff blade. Oh
1: yeah. I mean everybody else here's whipping a pretty standard saber, the single blade, but Keeve has the you know, the double bladed lightsaber like the mauls and stuff like that. So uh pretty I mean, they all look pretty cool. I do I do agree with you that their get ups are a little stuffy. You know, I, I don't think that you could you know, they they
0: just, yeah, they, they look too hoity-toity, high society, you know, like, hey, we're the Jedi. Uh, you like our gold robes? Yeah. Like that type of shit. I got
1: to imagine that this is all ceremonial stuff, too, because it doesn't look like it would be good to fight in. Like, if you're loading. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially
0: Avar, Stellan, and uh, green, green Guy. Yeah. Loden great storm.
1: <laughs> if you're if you were to get into a a, a scrap yeah. wearing Loden's gear, I don't know how well right. you could move around. <laughs> like, it is not the best. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's Stalin Stalin and Avar look like they could probably fight. Yeah. in this shit, because you know they, they they just got some capes and shit, some robes. Yeah, you. Th- I don't know. Maybe maybe this is what they wear when they sit around the the the, the table yeah, or something. Yeah, sit around but,
1: the, the Jedi temple chambers, but. I mean, it's, they're very interesting characters. And, and what I want to see is, you know, which one of the... Like, basically what we were told when the High Republic area was first, like, leaked slash announced is that you would have, you know, the, the stories would follow three main characters that are all going out into the unknown regions to do studies, and each of these different characters would have different special abilities. So I want to see which of these... You know, uh, of these five, which are the three that will be going out and which which are the two that are essentially going to be their points of contact, like the the second main characters within these stories? Like, I assume Loden Storm is not going out into the fucking unknown regions. Uh, but, you know, because he is the Jedi master who is the primary trainer. Um, but I could see like Avar Chris going out. I could see. You know, Vern, even though she's super young, going out into the unknown regions to do some investigations and stuff like that. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see who these characters are that are taking up. Well, yeah, man,
0: characters. we're we're going to rely on you because my fat ass isn't reading this. Yeah, shit. I, I'm. I'll look at the comic books if they those ever come back. Yeah, but, I, I'll, I'll have to. Uh, I did like getting these these little teases. We we they we've got more to come. I don't know if Star Wars is going to release them this week or kind of save it, but. I, I like getting little driblets of, of information on this High Republic stuff, even though I'll probably ignore most of it because it'll be in book form. Yeah,
1: so it, maybe if uh, it's popular enough in book form, it'll eventually become, you know, either live action series or cartoon series or something like that. I, I really do hope that this era becomes more than just written content is what I'm saying. You know, maybe we get some, some video games, TV series, something like that. But yeah i mean here 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 if you are interested in this in this era interested in these new characters check it out it's on StarWarsTime.net. high republic main characters revealed i'll have it in the post shell as well so check it out there
0: dude i'm just sitting here like my edit job tomorrow is going to suck yes yeah,
1: it's, it's gonna be a lot of
0: we're, we're gonna have like 55 different audio stems <laughs> And then all, all these goddamn pictures I'm going to have to put in the fucking movie version.
1: Oh, man. It's... it's <laughs> Interns! It will, it will give you something to do and your stir craziness. It'll hold your attention. Yeah, it'll you're right. Pull you're right, your you're right. Attention. It's not
0: that bad. I just... <coughs> excuse me. I don't... <coughs> oh, no. COVID. Here it comes. I don't like knowing when shit's fucked up. <laughs> and like I said, I know for a fact GarageBand's going to dump again before we're done. So it's like I'm just sitting here uh, walking on eggshells in my seat. All right, man, let's kind of – we'll move on to something that is in a uh, multimedia format that Matt can process. Yes, I'm talking in the third person, and that is The Clone Wars, and that's because it has moving pretty pictures. Yes. No reading required. Just hit play, and it goes. So we got uh, S7E7 this past week called Dangerous Debt. It ended up being more of a uh, setup, a narrative positioning type of episode, but there was some good stuff in there. There There's some solid eggs, a few top moments, so, you know, that's how Nick and I do our little breakdown of the Clone Wars, and then we'll be talking about what we're expecting to see in Episode 8, thanks to a new clip we got today. So, let's start with the Easter eggs. First up, I have... uh, kind of corrected a sin from two episodes back when I left out the blue Snaggletooth homage to the Kenner version of Snaggletooth. But he uh, he was the first thing you saw in Dangerous Debt. He was being whisked away to a, a, a Pike prison, prison cell. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed number two, yeah. Nick. And it, it just, it, it kind of, it, it, I loved it so much because it did exactly what I love about franchises like Star Wars. Is it, 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 it dug into some lore and tied shit together. It took stuff from the past, put it here in the present. It makes everything all nice. It explains why the Martez sisters fucking hate the Jedi. And it also taught Ahsoka that, yeah, the Jedi are kind of fucking dickheads. Yeah, too. exactly. Uh, but we learn... That the events that took place during an episode of The Clone Wars, specifically S1E22, this is when Cad Bane breaks Zero the Hut out of a prison on Coruscant, we learned that the subsequent chase, which didn't even end up in the capture of Zero, is the reason why the Martez sisters are on their own, because the chase ended up destroying their home and killing their parents. Uh, and really, that goes to the next egg. We we, we also got a Luminar Unduli yep. mentioned by Rafa when she explains to Ahsoka, like, listen, the Jedi were chasing these fuckers, destroyed our house, killed our parents, our parents saved us, and at the end, this green-faced Jedi came up to us and just said, hey, uh, don't worry, the Force will be with you. Yeah, that's
1: you. pretty fucked up, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I mean, A, I loved it because it literally tied together an episode from season one Mm -hmm. uh it it explained why the martez sisters dislike the jedi so much and why just regular people don't trust the jedi like i said it showed ahsoka that you know what the way you felt about the jedi when you left probably wasn't that far off they are kind of uh, uh, full of hubris and, and cocksuckers that really don't care about collateral damage and then just the luminara using you know the the jedi the jedi way like hey fucking get over it emotions are for pussies the force is with yeah you. exactly like
1: <laughs> literally peace having no sympathy or having no knowledge of how to deal with human grief and just being like yeah you'll be fine no problems there and yeah. it just shows you i, I just i really like yeah.
0: that i mean it's like that is that is some smart writing just a little casual story Ties that episode and the event, which is a major event because it was the first appearance of Cad Bane ever. It was essentially picking up from the the Clone Wars movie thread where Zero Zero, is captured and imprisoned. Uh, But now we we see that event is why, you know, the, the Martez and really anyone else that isn't in the high levels of Coruscant... Uh, dislike the jedi. yeah
1: it's a good it's a good show of collateral damage like you said you never get to really see the effects of collateral damage in star wars because it, it, you just never focus on it. you're only focused on the mains but this is the f- like a really good uh, Oh yeah, yeah I, I mean
0: palpatine didn't have to do much to get people to think that jedi were assholes yeah <laughs>
1: yeah
0: you know just saying if you're a regular person and you have a a band of jedi rip through your neighborhood and half the houses get wiped out as they're chasing darth maul yeah what what are you going to think about the jedi yeah
1: i mean you're not going to think highly of them i mean even the situation with like you know the the chase and attack of the clones where you know fucking anakin and obi-wan are chasing down this fucking you know droid who put the things in in Padme's bedroom and then the pursuant chase after that of Zam wessel like you know there was a lot of shit that the Jedi just just did they were like they didn't have any Oh you know. dude
0: Obi-Wan and Anakin have probably killed more people than Palpatine and he's blown up planets Yeah I
1: mean it's it's fucking crazy so um it's something yeah it's something that you don't often think about in the Star Wars universe so
0: all right, so we also got the Jabba was, torture droid boring. who's still torturing. Yes. That was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this one, call it what you want, deep cut, fucking I'm a moron. But I swear when Trace was running through the prison that they were mimicking the Han running through the Death Star. Okay. Because she even starts going like, ah, <laughs> like well, as she's running with her yeah. gun. Yeah. And it just, it just reminded me when Han's like, let's do it. He runs. <laughs> <laughs> sees all, like, literally a fucking battalion of troopers. He's like, oh,
1: like, just yeah. keeps
0: running through the Death Star like a madman. Yeah, shoots
1: one, turns around, keeps running. That was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, so I, I really felt like that was a nod to that scene. Yeah. Uh We got a Wilhelm in this episode. Nice. I'm always going to mention those, even though I say I don't repeat eggs, but it's just, I, I feel like anyone that is a hardcore Star Wars fan knows about the Wilhelm yeah Yeah. we don't have to explain it I know there's people telling me now that any Wilhelms used in Star Wars are actually George Lucas himself making wow that would be
1: interesting if that's true I don't Uh, know
0: but it's it's an iconic audio drop in in cinema I forget which movie it came from but it's been used in uh, you know hundreds of action films but Star Wars in particular tries to throw it in everything yeah everything Live action, the TV stuff, the movies, uh, the cartoons. So I threw it there.
1: 1951 with the film *Distant Drums*. That was the first time it was used. There you go. So it
0: is the greatest stunt scream of <laughs> all is. time. The Wilhelm. Uh, another deep cut here. I, I swear there was an <laughs> alien on Obadiah that was the same species as rats. In Tyrell.
1: Alina. That's that alien. Term. Yes. A-L-E-E-N. Right. Right. Yes.
0: And then of course an obvious one here. Or maybe not so obvious if people don't watch the episode with captions on, which I recommend anyone that breaks down TV, turn on captions for your first viewing. Uh, But Bo-Katan and motherfucking Ursa Ren.
1: I mean, that was a really cool scene at the very end there.
0: Oh, yeah. And at this point in time, I believe Bo has formed the Night Owls. Uh, which means she has separated from Death Watch because of Maul's takeover. And having Ursa there just confirms that Ursa was part of the Night Owls, which was kind of Bo's outfit to combat with Death Watch and Maul were doing. Yeah. So, all right, dude, let's just, I guess, let's just stay with them because to me, uh, narratively, they are the most interesting aspect of this episode outside of that Zero the Hutt story. Yeah, I mean, right? because.
1: For, for me, it was interesting to see them there because they had, like, in my opinion, they had to be on, you know, on that planet for some reason. They had to be on Obadiah doing something other than unless they had heard something about, like, you know, people being captured and brought there. But it's a Pike stronghold. And the only other reason they would be there is if they were trying to do something to disrupt their operations. Right? Like, what What other reason would they have to be on Obadiah? Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. I mean, at this point, we know as viewers that <clears throat> Maul is in league with the pikes. Yes. They're all kind of teaming up, the Shadow Collective. Uh, So, yeah, I, I mean, Nick's, Nick's 100%. The, these Night Owls with Bo as their lead, they have to be there for information, a kidnapping, sabotage, something. Yeah, so... Uh, They're expecting, I I don't know, maybe this episode coming up, maybe they're expecting Maul himself to be there. Maybe they can take him out. He's not going to be with everybody. He's not going to be in the stronghold on Mandalore. Uh, But it's probably more uh, information gathering or trying to take out an asset, I would think. Yeah,
1: that's what I I assume, too. Or they're trying to do like a prisoner extraction or something like that, get get back one of their people. Right,
0: because, I mean, Bo is... Surprised to see a Jedi there, and she definitely recognized Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. She didn't know her by name, but she's she's like I've I know her from whatever planet,
1: yeah, that, wherever you know Ahsoka had met uh, and,
0: and we know for a fact that that's probably going to resolve itself in Episode Eight coming up. But we'll kind of get into that because we did get a clip and some guarantees of of character names at least being yeah. mentioned. But uh, yeah, so I mean, what are they doing there? As we said, probably. Sabotage. Asset retrieval. Asset removal. Now it's probably going to expand in scope a little bit because of Ahsoka. I mean, this is uh essentially we're I think now how we're gonna loop in the Jedi, yeah. right? I mean they're they're pretty much gonna let Ahsoka know like, yo, Maul is behind all this, he's fucking up Mandalore. We need the Jedi's help. Well, I'm not a Jedi. Well, whatever. Blah blah Anakin boo-boo, blah, blah, goo, goo. Okay, we gotta save the the Uh, the Chancellor, you do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't have the direct mention of Maul in this episode, but they did kind of reference him saying, you know, essentially Bo-Katan said that, you know, there is a more pressing enemy that we both have in common or something like that um, towards the end. So, I mean, overall, this episode, uh, it was, again, like it was another setup episode, but I thought it was really cool because it built on, you know, it, it gave more character traits to Rafa and to Trace. And, uh, you know, it showed that Trace is basically, you know, she's more badass than she looks. She essentially took out a whole room of pikes by herself when she was being taken in to go, you know, have her torture done by the torture droids. Oh, yeah, 100%.
0: I mean, people, I don't know, like, how much you pick up from the community, but a lot of people don't,
1: they're not liking these episodes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see that, but... I mean, you have to have, like, I think everybody was in the mindset that we were before the Clone Wars release where we're like, we want everything to be go, go, go all the time. Give me Anakin, Ahsoka, and, you know, them two getting back together. Give me the fucking Maul storylines. They want to get to the meat of it as quickly as possible. But you can't just, like, in, in especially in TV, in short form TV, you can't just do that. You can't just jump right into shit. I mean, I will say that they're probably, you know, you know, are Rafa and Trace the best characters that have ever been introduced into Star Wars history? No, of course not. But they're setting up the relationships that, that Ahsoka is building into the underworld for when she right. eventually takes over the mantle of of uh, Fulcrum in, in Star well, Wars. Well,
0: they, 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 they're serving a, a huge purpose for Ahsoka, and that's exposing to her what life is like outside the order what regular people deal with how the jedi are viewed how she should view the jedi ultimately you know how she should be who she should be i mean look at her she she's still holding back 95% of what she can oh, do oh yeah
1: i mean and that was another uh, thing that i really enjoyed about this episode is seeing how she could you know, subversively use the force or like, you know, just doing it in an underhanded way so nobody realizes it. Like just, you know, opening the door when Rafa's knocked out and she's like, oh, there was a fucking power failure and the fence fell. And then when they're having that shootout at the very end of the episode and she just like pops those two pikes out so Trace could, you know, get a clear shot. It was really fun to see how she uses the force in interesting ways to make sure that one, they're safe, but she also doesn't expose herself. But, and then,
0: Uh, but when she's by herself, she can still kick the shit out of people. I mean, when she takes down that whole tower full of people, uh, no weapons, still just all melee based, and just beats the the shit That's out. That's what I
1: was thinking. Like when I was watching that, I was like, "Why didn't she just fucking use the force and throw these motherfuckers out that window?" <laughs> like,
0: right? Uh, I yeah, you know, you if know it, was it was practice, me, I, I done guess, that. at not using the force. Yeah,
1: like I, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, yeah, it's weird, but um, I mean, this this episode, I will say, was definitely more. It was it was more focused for me and it was more enjoyable for me in terms of the references and the Easter eggs, because that zero, the hut story, like you said, was a huge part of this episode. And it gives context that you never really think about in star Wars. Like you, you never think about the fact that, you know, like for, for example, in episode three, when fucking Anakin crashes that ship down, you know, Grievous is ship down onto the, the, you know, the landing platform. Uh, I mean, yeah, they
0: say it's a platform, but I'm sure he ran over multiple working class. Yeah, people. Like he,
1: they, that whole ship took down an entire like landing <laughs> platform tower. Like you literally see it, hit it and it crumbled <laughs> yeah. to the ground, but you never think about like what happens to those people. Like how are their lives affected?
0: Fuck no, man. Fuck. I mean, a. even go- Jedi Miller time, yeah, even- America, just going book, back to yeah. like
1: clerks one, like that conversation. If you've never seen clerks,
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like,
1: what about like, you know, this Death Star is blown up. Yeah, there's Imperials on it, but there's probably also like independent contractors that just work on that Death Star (laughs) that have nothing to do with the Empire. They're just fucking doing a job. What about those guys? Um, So it is an interesting subsection of Star Wars and the you know that you never get to really hear about a lot. So I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, just to have that like
0: Man, doing doing this episode knowing that my equipment's faulty it's it's adding an edge to like, a, it, you know? like an extra a, level of stress i feel a little bit of in- adrenaline right yeah now. you're like i
1: gotta get it in like a, before ca- we die again yeah i was
0: like oh shit <laughs> i just keep thinking i'm trying to process what to say but also when it's gonna blow yeah. up but um, i can't help it I, i'm someone like I, i'll just hyper focus on this shit now to
1: the end <laughs> So, what was like? What were some of your hot moments in this episode?
0: I, I don't. We covered a lot of them. Like, obviously, the night owls, uh, Ahsoka fighting and force use, uh, the escape through Trace, and really the the Zero story. Yeah. So, uh, I just, I, I guess, final comment on the episode is like, yeah, I even say it's not fantastically entertaining, but someone that does just appreciate. Uh, narrative in particular star wars narrative of of any kind as long as it's good i don't really care and i like it i mean this is as i've been saying it is putting the major pieces into position in a smart way uh, a slow a slower burn way and i agree with some of the uh, commentary I've, i've heard out there such as hey, if you're going to do these threads to set this stuff up with the Martez, why not have a, a full-run season? I'm like, I, 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 can, I can feel that. But I also, even in this shortened season, I still think these episodes, while not overly entertaining, and yes, it's not loaded with uh, pew-pews and lasers and lightsabers, narratively, for the character of Ahsoka Tano... It's done a great job at, uh, y- you know, kind of of growing the character beyond what we knew her to be at the end of season five when she disappeared. Yeah. Uh, she no longer is a Jedi. She no longer is under the protection of Anakin in the upper class. She has to learn uh, life essentially. And, and as Nick has been saying, you can't just. Ahsoka's back, and she's right back to where she was at the end of season five when this major, 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 major moment in Star Wars canon happened. Literally, the Jedi fucked over one of their own so bad that she was like, "No, thank you. Yeah. I don't trust you, fuckers. I'm out. Self-exile. You can't just. You can't just." inject her uh, with a cannon right back into the Jedi Order, even if she doesn't rejoin it, even back with those characters. You have to let her uh, grow a bit, stew a bit on her own to become the Fulcrum, the Ahsoka we know, the one that, yes, was trained by Anakin for a time, but for the most part trained herself in the school of hard knocks. Yeah. So... it's they are what they are. I'm telling you right now. Episode eight, which we'll move on to, Nick, you're going to get Maul. I mean, we get a fucking Maul mentioned in 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 the freaking teaser clip.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is where things are definitely going to start picking up. I mean, I don't expect them to stay too much. I well, I don't. I don't want to say that, but I hope they don't stay too much longer on Obadiah. I hope now that the Night Owls are here and Bo-Katan, Ursa are are on site that we kind of get away from the pike syndicate or the you know the the pike clan side of this stuff. Oh uh, uh, dude,
0: this is it, man. I like and just based on the, the descriptions we know yeah. and this clip, uh, Ahsoka is going to get in touch with Anakin and yeah. Obi.
1: So they so getting past that and then moving on to like cuz we're we're moving quickly towards those final four to five episodes that that Sam Witwer was talking about as like some of the best uh, that this series has ever produced.
0: Yeah, you're 100 percent. This is this is the last one of the first movie we talked about all those weeks ago. Yeah. So this is like episode eight here. This is the final episode of the first half of this amazing uh, movie that, that Witwer's talking about. I mean, he he talked about the final four, but that, that doesn't kick off to episode nine. So episode eight coming up this Friday, this will be the conclusion. So I do believe we are going to see Ahsoka off this planet back, if not when the credits flash with Anakin and yeah, Obi. At least. And by episode nine, I think we're getting into, all right, how do we deal with Maul? Do you go, Ahsoka? Even are you with the Jedi anymore? Uh, You know, Anakin and Obi are still going to be pulled by the war, in particular the abduction of the Chancellor. I mean, does that happen? Who knows? But uh, we know, at least coming up in eight, Maul is going to be mentioned, if not spotted.
1: Yes, yes, and that's where, Uh, I mean... uh, you know, once he enters this series, that's where shit gets moving. And like we said, episode 9, 9, 10, 11, 12, those are the ones that, that constitute this, what's basically, a you know, an hour and 45 minute long movie that we've, you know, that we've heard about from... Right, right.
0: So, if, if you all miss that episode, fuck you. Yes. <laughs> uh, but... Sam, who voices Maul, said that the final four episodes should be viewed as a single film, and it is the best, at least Clone Wars, narrative ever told.
1: Yeah. So, I'm excited. I mean, this the series is definitely moving along at a little bit slower pace than I initially expected. I mean, if you look at, you know, the three, if you look at the two, three-episode arcs that we've had so far, four-episode arcs, you know... People are shitting on this this arc, but really, you know, your your Clone Force ninety nine episodes, the only purpose that those served was to introduce those that Clone Force, which who knows if they'll have any bearance on the events at the end of this series.
0: I, I, I have a feeling that they may, yeah, they, uh, may sh- they may be the ones that literally pull Rex and Ahsoka off the yeah. planet. Like they, they swoop in and like bah, God! you know, they do their thing. One of them may sacrifice himself, maybe Racker, yeah. and they're yeah. out.
1: So getting to know them and then tying a bow on Echo's story. Oh yeah. So yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that's really you know if I know that people are upset by this because it's you you're not you don't see Anakin you don't see the clones. And it's not as action-packed, but it's serving... Right, there's no
0: shiny yeah. shit. There's no lightsabers and pew-pews. Yeah,
1: but it's serving similar purpose. Like, it is building towards the end game of this exactly. series. So, exactly. Um, I've, I've enjoyed right. it so far. I really do like the characters that we're introduced to. And, you know, I, I hope that... Um, this, it lives up like the last four. Like do what Sam says. Like-
0: I, I really I really think it is, man. I mean, this opening act, as you know, slow and different as it may be, and, and unpleasant to some of you, as Nick said, it, it's all a it's a slow boil for the payoff, and and I think the payoff is going to be pretty emotional uh, across many fronts. I mean, I think we're going to see a different side of Anakin's dip. Uh, I think we're going to see the moment Ahsoka realizes that, that that something's off, right? Because even even by Rebels, she doesn't fully believe herself that Vader is Anakin until she smashes his face. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I, I mean, this first act, right, it's going to end here with eight. I, I still think overall, while not wildly entertaining and flashy, will serve a purpose that's going to make the final four payout be even
1: better. Yeah, I agree. So, um, episode eight drops on Friday. So be prepared for it. And then after that, we're into the final run. We're into the final, the final sprint of star Wars, the clone wars. And then that's it forever. I mean, hopefully we get some good continuing content, either from a rebels prequel that we had or a rebels sequel that we had heard about. Um, but have to, yeah. yeah, you have to. Yeah, I mean, animated Star Wars must continue in some form or fashion. It's got. Be- I, I mean,
0: honestly, at this point, who knows? Uh, with the with the COVID shit. Yeah,
1: I mean, everything has been.
0: Uh, I, I mean, unless I would imagine, unless the Lucas Films, whatever the worlds, were willing to be like, all right, employees. Nick, you go to the office at eight o'clock today and bring your mega rig home and work and you know blah 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 we'll pay for your bandwidth and the set the other thing or again like nick you go in it's your day to work on the code yeah. or the animation or this and then the next day it's matt and then so on and so yeah, forth that's the i doubt it so i mean a lot of this shit could end up be getting uh, delayed yeah uh, big time
1: yeah there's there's not a lot that you can do from home in terms of large scale animation projects like this, if you don't have the necessary hardware to do it. So
0: yeah, like probably a $20,000 fucking iMac or whatever, whatever those things are.
1: So I really do hope that we don't have too many delays because of all of this. Um, But I know that, you know, one thing for sure that is being delayed is the upcoming Kenobi series and that's going to be our next, you know, topic of conversation here, is you know everything that's been happening with Kenobi since we heard about the initial delay because of the the problems with the script and you know it being too similar to what we've already seen in the Mandalorian. Um, now we have some new information out here, specifically around the writer and when we can expect to see the series as a whole. Um, so the first piece of news is around. Uh, the new writer hired for the Kenobi series.
0: Yeah, th- th- this shit's just—I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I really yeah. don't.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the the new writer is Joby Harold. He is a you know, <laughs> he he's a
0: he's a, he's an executive producer by yeah, trade. mostly
1: mostly known as a producer. So I, I think I highlighted it as IMDb. You did. So you linked out to it. So. Some big things that he's produced. So Edge of Tomorrow, executive producer. Edge of Tomorrow is the Tom Cruise, um, Emily Blunt film where they're kind of traveling back in time, time reset, all that shit. Um, Executive producer on that. He was the executive producer on, let's see. Uh, He was the executive producer on the Robin Hood movie that came out in 2018. The executive producer on John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. So he's worked on big movies like he's definitely got some big movies under his belt, but his writer credits are very limited. So he wrote Awake. Now, if you if you have followed Hayden Christensen's career, Awake is a movie that he made after the release of uh, Rots. It was about a, a guy who goes into surgery and there's this like condition to where um you know, some people, when they're put under anesthesia, actually don't fall asleep. They can they are awake and they see everything. Um, and basically, oh, yeah, it, it had Anakin. in Yeah. It, huh? Yeah. So, yes. Hayden Christensen was the main character. And basically he's like so they put him under for a heart surgery and he's a rich dude, but he doesn't fall asleep. So he can hear the surgical team planning to murder him. It was actually pretty interesting. Um, So Joby Harold wrote and directed that film. And the only other writing credit he has is the King Arthur legend of the sword movie that he also produced. And that's the one with uh, whatever his name is. Guy Ritchie directed it. Um, It's not good. Yeah, Joby Harold wrote the screenplay with Guy Ritchie and it stars Charlie Hunnam, the guy who was in what you call it? Sons of Anarchy. I mean, yeah,
0: it's, it's not a good movie. I mean, it's just uh, point being here is like, why, did, why does this guy get a, a shot at star Wars?
1: It's weird, dude. Like, I don't know if he knows somebody, <laughs> like if he's in with, you know, somebody that, that works at Lucas. But I mean, being an executive producer on John Wick three does not mean that you had any creative input into it.
0: no. No, it means nothing. Yeah. It means you're good at calling people on the phone and getting people to do shit and sticking to a schedule. I mean, it, it producers have a it, it. I would call it a tough job. I mean, they're they're pretty much the people in charge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're they're in charge of everything. I mean, the director. Yeah, they 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 run the recording of the of the picture. But the producer sometimes hires the director. Yeah. The producer is the one that gets this person there, that person there, that crew there, this there, this production there, 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 yeah. there, there, there. So I mean, it's a skill, but I don't know how it translates to writing. Yeah. And again, the shit he has written isn't yeah. very good. I mean,
1: he's got some some unreleased uh, stuff. Like he he's screenplay writer for Army of the Dead, which is the upcoming like Zack Snyder directed that stars Dave Bautista and some other you know some other people a zombie flick from Zack Snyder. So he wrote that uh, or has a screenplay credit for that. He also has a screenplay credit for an upcoming Transformers movie that is still very early in the works. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they read some of this unreleased stuff and they saw some promise and they're like, all right, man, we'll, we'll let you work on Kenobi. But it's weird to see him attached as the writer
0: uh, yeah and and here's here's the deal and i'm not like someone who's gonna get all social justicey here like oh it should be a, a girl or a person of color whatever it, it should be the best qualified person yeah and I, I i don't even you just look at a picture of this guy and he looks like a hollywood slime bag yeah he
1: does he does not look like a like a i don't know man he just doesn't look like somebody that, that could do this properly <laughs> I don't
0: know. I mean, fuck. It's weird, but I know what you mean. Like, it, it shouldn't make any sense it, what it looks like and how it translates to being able to tell a story. I just, as you said, and as I kind of speculate, I feel like he knows something. And it's like he he wants to do Star Wars, and somehow he, he got into this by what he knows. Yeah.
1: I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, coming off the back of that, so with Joby Harold as new writer that literally has just started. It was just announced uh, five days ago. Uh, we also got, not necessarily an announcement, but we have word from a press release that was, that was in French, a, 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 an official Disney press release, that the expected release date now for Kenobi is 2022. So we never really had a solid release date for Kenobi, There was a lot of assumptions that it would be 2021 given that we have, you know, Mando this year, we were expecting Cassian to be late 2020, maybe 2021. And then we also expected Kenobi to be around that 2021 time. Now it is slated as a 2022 release for Disney plus, um, so that is, that's kind of the expectations. For I'm it.
0: still going to throw out a maybe at this point. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't know if the world's going to end right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the way Disney is handling Star Wars at this point, I, I just I have no fucking faith in shit. Yeah,
1: it's going to be interesting to see.
0: I, I, I'm not saying I'm like going to go full fandom menace and, you know, spew hate all over social media. That's not my style, but I, I really. I, I don't know. I mean, Joby, Schmoby, and delay this, Cassian, who knows? It's like that. Uh, everything's a big fucking question mark over there right now. Yeah, I
1: mean, according to that press yeah, release. Yeah, no faith. No faith. That press release did say that Cassian was a 2020 release. So they haven't pushed that back yet, at least. Um, so I don't know if that means that they have everything that they need in the can and they can just do post and still have it ready for 2020. But, you know. I'll,
0: I don't even think they started filming this shit. Yet. I, yeah, I
1: mean, I don't know how they're going to hit a 2020 release date if they haven't filmed. But who knows? Um, but the the interesting part will be to see how new Disney CEO Bob Chappick handles the Star Wars license once once he actually gets into the swing of things. You know?
0: Well, uh, hey man, if you believe Mike Zero, according to Mike Zero, this this Bob guy fucking hates Ryan Johnson, is going to own him, and is already like a face fucked them essentially.
1: I have no reason to believe anything Mike zero says. So
0: I'll be dead. Serious. Like if you just want some comedy, <laughs> go look at some of the thumbnails and, and video titles from the past, I don't know, a month or so of Mike zero content. And no, I don't go search this shit out. YouTube just rubs it in my fucking face. Every Matt, Mike fail three. Hey everyone. <laughs> 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 ah, Ah, Somebody punch me in the fucking balls, (laughs) okay? Somebody punch me in the fucking balls. No, we're not taking commercial breaks. No, Nick's not running off to take a shit. My equipment is taking a shit left and right, so I've got some serious technical investigative work to get into the same type of shit that I just talked about at the top of the show that fucking drives me nuts so no I'm not having a great time fuck you Mike Zero for bombing us out I know that was your fault because I was talking (laughs) shit about your stupid thumbnails and all your clickbait fucking videos (sighs) all right Nick what the hell were we even talking about before my shit blew up again? Oh, the Disney fucking is stupid, right? Yes, the okay. Kenobi
1: twenty twenty two. But you know right. what? Fuck them. We're, we're yeah. Fuck them. We'll see when it happens. We'll see what, you know, Bob Chappick's real thoughts on Ryan Johnson are when that time comes. But you know what? <laughs> I can't it's, believe this shit. There is a specific time that's about to come up now, and it is time for our top five. Yes, Star thank Wars God. Artist features. Can, of can the we week. get
0: through this segment? Because honestly, this is going to be the only segment that people are listening to because we know how our fan base rolls. <laughs> they only tune in if they're in the top five. But if that is the case, hey, welcome. Guess what? This has been a shit show, tech wise, thanks yeah. to yours truly. I fucking hate myself. I've wasted my life. More importantly, I've wasted nick's life today trying to record this (laughs) fucking episode so hello if you've been here for the whole time (laughs) (laughs) hasn't this been great all right man like it's been a journey top five here we go i shouldn't dilly dally too long because it's only a fucking matter of time (laughs) before my mic shits the bed again it's either my mic or garage band it's one or the other so next week i'll be trying audacity if it fucks up then, then we know it's the mic. Then I'm fucked because there's no way I'm getting a new one because Amazon is not shipping anything that is not deemed essential in any time quick. So anyways, let's do it. He's here. He's ready to rock. It's the man behind the top five. Star Wars. Fan Artist Features of the Week. Nick. Caminita. Here we go.
1: So it's a tough time. I've lost we- my mind, man. This this is... This-
0: <laughs> This this episode's been a doozy.
1: Matt is gonna go crazy. You you might Fuck. see him, just you know. I'm about on ready to do like, what
0: Nick did to his fucking 55 inch ass TV. All right. If you <laughs> if you
1: know if you don't know what I'm talking about,
0: listen to the whole listen fucking episode. Listen to the
1: whole thing. Go go back to the beginning. But uh, this week we got our top five plus our honorable mention. Matt broke down a shot for us kindly last AKA week, aka
0: the the top one.
1: Yes, the Matt Haywood top <laughs> one of the week. So. Uh, this week we're gonna kick it off with a brand new top five entrant here, a never before seen account on the top five, and that is Pop Toy Photos, and he brings us a pretty fucking awesome shot of some stormtroopers escaping from a you know a an, an intense battle. It looks like, um, and w- you know it says here that they're on Starkiller bases, they're first order troopers, and what we see is two first order troopers with blasters in hand shooting at unseen enemies and then dragging one of their either injured or dead buddies out of the battle
0: and that's what that's really what what caught my eye because i believe pop toy photos is pretty new to the game yes and and puts out a lot of content yeah and and faithfully tags star wars time show right I, i didn't get into that because i'm i'm all frazzled right now my friends i'm fucked up even more so than usual. But anyways, if, if you want to join in, in the top five fun, hashtag Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Tag at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Like Pop Toy Photos does. But again, it's the it's the posing here. Because this has to be a digirama shot, meaning uh, there's a digital background there. Or, no, I really, because the reflections are too... Too natural looking for this to be a composite. My opinion. If you're listening, Pop Toy, you know what to do. Let us know. Fill us in through the DMs. But it is. It's the pose. Uh, good dead body pose. Nice dragging pose. But also, you know, a, kind of a defensive uh, maneuver. Like, get him out of here. You know, as they're bracing, yeah. getting shot at by the resistance. So. Yeah, uh, I like I, it. I dug the shot. I thought the good mix of VFX, digital, practical.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful shot. But it's all
0: in the posing, as, I, as I've said, right, Nick? It's all in the posing, something that I still struggle to this day <laughs> to excel at. It is fucking hard, and that's why I'm so impressed by the likes of you that can do it competently.
1: Yeah, this is a very, very confident job. Everything from, like Matt mentioned, the dead body pose to the one trooper with one knee on the ground kind of dragging and the other trooper kind of back there laying down suppressing fire. So. Um, excellent job at pop toy photos on Instagram. Only 298 followers right now. Let's bump that number. Yeah. Up. Like I said, I, awesome I, I, I'm
0: pretty sure it's a pretty new account. Uh, yeah. so, and, and pretty active, uh, but definitely a, a winner there. That was, that was the one that got, got yourself featured. And then look at that. Nick made the pick. You've now been immortalized there in SWTS go. history.
1: Beautiful stuff.
0: Bow well, before the Lords. <laughs>
1: All right, next up, we actually, this is another brand new entry in the top five. And I know that our buddy Greg is always lamenting his non-top five status. I will say, Greg, just for your, you know, gratification, Matt did not feature your bungee jumping shot until today, Tuesday, which means it did not get into the top five, you know, uh, nominees a, a damn good week. shot i might add great it is uh, i
0: i think it could be your your best to date in my opinion my it's a it really
1: it's a really fun shot i actually yeah. really like but he, so, he
0: hates us right now he's protesting so yeah. fuck him
1: so greg is a cocksucker ne- <laughs> <fucking laughs> He, he is no longer the oh yeah the yeah Arden he's like fan. he's even
0: doing like Marvel and DC shots now he's so pissed at, at you so
1: look at that I've broken Greg i <laughs> yeah, he's broken even,
0: him he's he's giving up on Star Wars stuff he's so hashtagging now propaganda Time Show. he's out there
1: yeah hashtag Marvel Time Show he's trying to get a, a new <laughs> podcast out of us <laughs> um, but next up we have at uh, Mario underscore Stavro yes yes, yes on on instagram and it's a beautiful Django fat shot here and it's it's Django with his jetpack activated pistols whipped out ready to fucking go to battle i mean again with this shot the pose is what really makes it but also the awesome fireworks or whatever the fuck he used to light that jetpack on fire it looks fantastic
0: yeah, I, uh, I again. I hope Mario listens. I know he was hitting us up to figure out how he could listen when the episode drops. Well, for all of you, it's dropped. Uh, but uh, hopefully, he is listening. So yeah, I I'm, I think those might be might be VFX.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: but I, I could be mistaken. If they're not, that it is a perfectly executed practical firework application for a jetpack exhaust. I mean, yeah. we're talking the best I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it looks so good. And that's what I was going to, you know, wanted to kind of get from you is like, if you think this is practical, do you think this is, if this is post? You know? Like I said,
0: if it's practical, it, it, it's damn near perfect. Like everything happened perfectly. Uh, you, you know, it was, it was set up perfectly. You got the perfect, uh, uh, propulsion effect out of the firework. I mean, that's the thing with fucking fireworks, my friends. I mean, y- you really never know what the hell they're gonna do. Half the time, when I light a crackling ball, it ends up, you know, ten yards to the left of the fucking figure, <laughs> and did nothing for me except, you know, piss off my neighbors and and just piss. You know, uh, sometimes people. I swear to God, like I'm in a ring ring neighborhood type of deal okay yeah where you know if you have a ring you can join a neighborhood and people post shit and i swear that whenever i'm out there doing my photography with the fireworks people that's when they're posting Oh, heard gunshots it's like no <laughs> that's just me fucking around with my toys but uh, back to mario here it it would be damn near perfect if it is like i said i mean i would bow to this hands down if that's a practical uh, jetpack uh, effect either way it doesn't matter it, even if it is vfx that was added in in photoshop or something it's still fucking perfectly executed yeah Uh, yeah. that's something to me that is very very difficult i I mean i hate working in that shit i hate dealing with layers and wiping stuff out so uh that's excellent i just noticed something here that's kind of funny i believe this is the figure arts version of django okay Uh, because look at his pistols um he's got them drawn but they're also in his hips Oh yeah, <laughs> and a lot of times figure arts will actually provide accessories where it's literally just a gun in a holster that doesn't come that out. That doesn't come out. <laughs> so it looks like Mario left those ones in uh, while he whipped out the the pistols.
1: Hey, Django's got four guns just in case. Yeah, why he's got not? A... I
0: mean, fucking. What if he just pulled out some Grievous arms? I know, like, ga, right?
1: Ga, 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 ga Pew 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 pew. Two arms from over the top, but uh, yeah, it's, it's
0: another one. I mean, again, good pose, good effects. It's just a nice combo. I also kind of like the. Looks like there's a little bit of a tilt on the camera there.
1: Yeah, natural light, like the natural lighting of this. Is yeah, weird. yeah, yeah. It
0: looks it looks well lit just with the good old outdoor sun. So uh, I've been getting back to that recently, as I've discussed on the show. I uh, did a little bit last week. I'm trying to uh, appease the Lord Dork here. He's, <laughs> he's hosting a, a Jump Trooper Challenge. And I usually don't fuck around with challenges just because I'm a loser like that. Uh, it's too much pressure but now you have to
1: upstage greg uh, nah yeah i don't
0: (laughs) know if i'm gonna upstage anyone because again i I, have made my attempts last week and i'm not i'm not too thrilled and again ig has me down the dumps confidence wise uh shit just dies it's doa again that type of life on ig but whatever uh back to mario man just very 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 well done django shot overall
1: absolutely beautiful work At Mario underscore Stavro, S T A V R O U on Instagram. Good job. Next up, we have a not toy pick piece here. This is a drawing, digital, you know, digital artwork here done by um, designs by Tristan. A smaller art account. I mean, I know a lot of the art accounts that we that we feature are, are huge, but Tristan, designed by Tristan here, eighteen hundred and twenty-six followers. She is a her muse. You can see is is Disney and like you know lovers. Like she she really enjoys the portraying lovers, especially yeah. Ben and uh, Ben Solo and Ray Palpatine. Uh, yeah, and and they we- they
0: do kind of have like a an anime style. You know the. The eyes are a little bit larger. Yeah. Everything's kind of angular.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's.
0: I just, I, I mean, I love it. I love the coloring she used here. I even think she tagged us. Because a lot of times with the art, you know, I, I find that in the Explorer or whatever. Uh, but I think she, she may have
1: tagged us. I don't know. Maybe. And I'm
0: glad she did. Because this it, it just like I said, it's it's an it's a very a- appealing looking piece of art.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the way
0: that the, the color tones are kind of mixed.
1: Yeah, if you look at her feed too, this particular image that you that that we're featuring here, the of you know the Raylo, the Ben and and Ray is has three thousand likes, by far the most likes on any shot that she's done so far. But Raylo is definitely like you know increasing her her overall uh, line of sight on Instagram. But this shot here, so just to describe it to you, it's it's Ben and Ray standing back to back ben holding the the skywalker family blade so that you know from his uncle and then uh you have ray holding leia's lightsaber both ignited both kind of in a very upright stance and there's this kind of cool little ring going around them symbolizing their bond um yeah it's
0: like and- a not v from zelda right like one of those oh, little yes. fuckers like yeah, like one of those dickheads
1: yeah one of the little fairies kind of flying around them and it's really hey. cool it's like it is i i love the coloring because you have like this blue coloring mixed with like kind of a magenta pinkish color it's a, it's
0: a little cyberpunkish in tone right like, yeah, yeah
1: the coloring yeah i i would say that that's a, a good representation or a good way to put it um so I just I just really liked it. Tristan Journey is what your, you know her name is listed as on on Instagram at designs by Tristan on Instagram. Go follow. She's a fantastic artist. You can just scroll down her feed and everything. Every focus that she has is really cool. She even has like an older casual ray drawing that she did. Um, a lot of Star Wars, a lot of Marvel. I see Spider Man like Tom Holland Spider Man on here and. You know, just a bunch of different stuff. So awesome, awesome work here by designs by Tristan um, on Instagram. Well done. So our next image here, number three on the list, or is it number four on the list? Number four on the list is from at Chevy2who. And I know that Chevy2who has made the top five before. And it's a really cool shot here. It's definitely of a, you know, Based off of the Mandalorian, so what we see is a bunch of Imperial Remnant stormtroopers standing around in a canyon, all of them very well weathered. And but then in the background, at the top of the cliff, very in in a, you know, non focused part of the image, you see Mando standing there with his pistol drawn. Oh yeah. Aiming yeah, at it, these stormtroopers, which that's I thought was the a magic
0: reason. to this shot. I mean, first off, I love how organic it looks. I mean, this is about as natural as it gets. Like like no bullshit, no fucking atmosphere aerosol, no fucking smoke. It's just like Chevy went out, set these motherfuckers up and shot. Second, it it is the it's the perspective of the shot. It's the angle. It's having the Mando feel like he really is way, way up there in Star Wars land on what we like to call the high ground, right? Yes. And I I just love that he's out of focus, but he's still kind of the main focus of the shot. And I think that's what I I, I appreciate the most is like, typically, the in-focus character, this trooper up here in the bottom right, yeah, that's where your eye is going to naturally go because that is the focal point. But the way Chevy kind of has this angle going here, the perspective overall... The Mando is still the star of the shot, and that's what I like the most.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's very creative use of the environment that he was shooting in. It was very good use of uh, the posing and then just the the composition of the shot. Like to, to know that your overall goal is to, yes, get these troopers in focus at the bottom, but to showcase Mando at the top um, – and then also just to be able to see, like, even through the blur, like, you see what he's doing. You see he has the gun drawn. Oh, yeah. Pointed down at his at his quarry. Um, so, you know, absolutely excellent shot. At uh, Chevy, the number two who on Instagram. Um, who beautiful
0: work. Who are you? Who who, 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 who? When the fuck is my mic <laughs> gonna blow up?
1: Hopefully fuck not it. soon. Because yeah, right <laughs> now we're getting into our number five and there's only one more after that. And that is the Matt Haywood top one. Yeah. So for this, for our number five of the week, we have a- another brand new entrant into the top five. So this is a bunch of new people in our top five Look this week. Look at
0: weekend. you. Look at you. Yeah.
1: Fantastic! You're work like Oprah, all.
0: man. You're like you Give get a top up. five. You get a top five. You get a top you five. Greg, you don't get a top. five You do not. You get, get a top, top five. five.
1: When it comes and to Lego 30. Trooper eighty
0: nine, you get a top five.
1: Yes, at Lego Trooper underscore eighty nine here, and he sticks true to his name because his shot is of Lego Troopers. And God, man, like. It's just with shots like this. So from people kinda, like, kind of hit you, right? It does. I mean, you it, almost, it, you like, almost
0: get the feels from literally two Phase One clone Lego minifigs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that is what people like. You know. 030700 like he he uses legos a lot lego star wars Tom, the yeah. sith lord lego like all these people who who use legos to really bring out the star wars emotion like when i see it i'm just blown away so that's what we see we see two phase one clone troopers one on the ground prone his head propped up by his friend and then his friend <laughs> is just leaning over <laughs> his body looking at him their hands are clasped as much as they can oh be as legos it is he- I mean yeah. this
0: is like true art right here, man. Like, this is something you want to throw up on your wall. I mean yeah. it is because it, it makes you laugh, but you're laughing because of how damn cute it is.
1: It is. It's like it's And it's, it's so real. Cute. Like
0: that's some real emotion right there coming out of these little uh, basic minifigs. I mean it's just it's the tricks I, I've I've seen that some I've seen that some of these Lego photographers do where they like you know, the head's not really even on. It's just kind of laying there. It's on with putty. His arm is outstretched like that because I'm assuming the arm is popped out of the socket and there's some putty there to allow it to do it. But by doing that, it really gives the mini figs a feeling of being alive. And you really do sense that this clone is just devastated that he's lost one of his brothers in battle. It's just it's amazing, yeah,
1: dude. It's it's really <laughs> incredible. Like in and, and this is, you know, we always talk about the lack of posability with certain figures. I mean, you yeah. can't get much less posability <laughs> than a fucking Lego. Like uh, so the fact that That's Lego what Trip I mean. These guys have figured out ways and girls that like
0: they'll either break the joints out or use putty and just tilt stuff on. It's I love it. I mean, just... I'm sitting here going, like, I have, at this point, about $1,000 worth of Star Wars Legos upstairs right now. I mean, the fucking Death Star set. Bespin set. And literally sets with scenes already built. I've got so many fucking minifigs now. I, I could become... A full-time lego photographer (laughs) but now i'm intimidated because of shit like this yeah i mean this is again using shit in the greatest sense that shit can be used while describing lego troop 89 shot here yeah
1: and even his quote i mean his quote is just the plato quote uh only the dead have seen the end of war what a what a fucking just meaningful dagger that is
0: i mean some beautiful lego stuff right here my friends yeah so, Un- unreal! I mean, it, 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 pure art right here.
1: Yeah, at Lego Trooper underscore eighty nine on Instagram, go give him a follow. Absolutely fantastic work here, and that brings us to the end of the Nick top five of the week. So it is time for the Matt Haywood top one of Damn the week.
0: Skippy! That's right. Every other week, right here on the SWTS, or as long as my mic will function. Uh, so I've kind of I'm using this opportunity that Nick gives me every other week to to pick somebody to talk about as a way to kind of pay tributes to some of the toy photographers artists out there that I just personally uh, either look up to or just love seeing when they drop new content because I know it's going to be great and it's going to have kind of their style stamped on it so this week it is none other than at Rebel Jawa, I think uh, Dan, if you know him. Uh, he was featured in the uh, episode nine celebration vid with Sir Dork back in 2019. Uh, he's done some official Disney photography, in particular Funko Pop photography for Frozen 2 for Disney. Uh, so Dan's kind of gotten a few opportunities out of this hobby, but in particular, I want to talk about this shot right here. He's released recently of my, one of my favorite characters now, and that is the Rampo version of C-3PO. Uh, but uh, the shot is more or less kind of portraying the character as he appears in Tross. We all know he gets loaded up with all Chewie's gear so Ray can go fuck around and, and fight Kylo eventually. But what I want to say, I mean, it's just this shot. I could, really could have picked any shot from Dan recently at Rebel Jawa. He just he has a look Nick and I think it's a credit to his lighting skills but all the shots to me are, are what we like to call crisp yes. and clean yes crisp and clean like he doesn't do too much fuckery you know crazy posing or wires or this that and the other thing uh, so kind of like how I like to do things but even better than that like he just he has a style. And I'm having a hard time explaining what it is, but it really is. It's just all the shots look slick. They're crisp. Uh, they're nice and sharp looking. The the color grading's nice. The tone's always always well done. But, uh, again, this shot, I just, how can you not love Goldenrod standing there with a bowcaster, a bow staff, and a, a Wookiee-sized sack across <laughs> his chest, right? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean it's it's a fantastic shot even the motion blur that he put on BB-8 and D-O showing them like you know rolling into action it, while, right it, it's just enough like it's yeah. it's not
0: so much that you're distracted by it but it's enough that yeah they they are they are moving and it's just I don't know man it's like i said if you just, if you pull up uh, his account he just all his shots just have a a style yeah. to them
1: Oh yeah i mean i'm pretty sure that that Rebel was or Dan was featured recently in, in the standard top five for one of the Ray and Palpatine shots that he fe- that he threw up a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, all of his shots, they do. They just feel clean and they feel just like you said, the lighting, the the color grading in terms of, you know, just how the figures look, the posing, everything about it is just really well executed and very, aesthetically pleasing to look at i mean that is you know the the one of palpatine on his throne i mean i don't know if that is like a specific throne dio that's now for sale Oh no
0: he's had that built like uh, yeah someone carved that up for him
1: i mean that is just excellent work and you can you know scroll down his feed whether it be funko pops or anything else like he does some fantastic fantastic work here so um, yeah, I mean, he's, well... He's
0: always, to me, he's always just taking really good shots using these space walls and, and that indoor setup. I've always liked I mean, Dan's one of the Rebel Jawa's one of the first people I reached out to when I got into this hobby, like, oh, hey, that looks cool. What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. He he kind of showed me, like, oh, hey, you can use backgrounds on the computer, this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, that let, led into the, me checking out work more or less, because I think that's where Rebel Jawa picked up that stuff, so... Uh, we've, I've actually been trying to get him to on the show to interview and he was lined up for March, but then we we're going to do, uh, our buddy Jesse and then all this shit happened. So who the fuck knows what's going on? I mean,
1: yeah, well, it is to. what it
0: is, but you know, once we get kind of schedules figured out, we'll, we'll definitely be talking to rebel Jawa just because of, I, I appreciate his work. He's had some cool experiences through the toy photography stuff, obviously a huge star Wars fan, but, it's uh, just back to this rampo shot it's just it's nice and clean well done good lighting even the nice touch with c-3po's eyes you know to, to kind of give him that that up. iconic glow that we know his eyes to have so that is rebel underscore jawa dan sparks he's out there on instagram check him out uh if you like star wars fan art toy photography he's a good follow
1: absolutely and that brings us to the end of the top five all right holy shit man and the i Matt feel like we've been one
0: i feel like we've been doing this episode for about six hours yeah because three. of my shitty ass equipment so rather than face the uh, prospects of it uh, shitting the bed yet again i, I think we just we, we kind of end things right now and i got to figure out my issues hopefully they don't return for next week but until then I'll do some troubleshooting, or I won't. We'll see what happens. But you know what all of you need to do? You need to get out and talk about the Star Wars Time show. I'm not talking about outside, you motherfuckers. I'm talking about inside, out, online. Share it up, StarWarsTime.net. Say, hey, guys, you're on a Zoom? You guys ever see this shit? Look at these idiots. They talk about Star Wars once a week. It's somewhat entertaining. Even when it's not entertaining, it's still better than listening to your family members in quarantine, all right? So StarWarsTime.net, that's all you need to know. They can get their whatever platform they want, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn even. We're all over the place. YouTube, hell, on StarWarsTime.net itself, you can listen to the damn show. There's no excuses. Let's go, get the numbers up. We're all inside for another month, probably another month on top of that. Pump up the volume. Star Wars Time Show. StarWarsTime.net. All right, my friends, there is always time for Star Wars Time. Always. Don't forget that shit. Tell your aunt. Tell your grandma. Because if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the force will be with you. Always.